am P.M. Kester, and welcome to the How to Take a Break podcast. This is a wellness-centered podcast presented by P.M. Kester Enterprises that examines the different types of breaks people take and why you need to incorporate breaks into your life. Let's start the episode. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the podcast. This week, we're talking about taking a break to focus on your money. And I think that as we close out 2022, it is pivotal to close out the year with your money, your finances in order. I'm going to get into some more information as to why, but I'm trying to tell you, I personally know from just how uh, my 2021 ended. And with that in mind, I have a money maven here, Charlene, the money coach. Um, I love watching her content on Instagram. If you're not following her, you need to be. Um, And I think she just has such great information to offer us as we try to end 2022 in a financially good place. Charlene, Hi, and welcome to the podcast. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me, Thalia. I'm so happy you are here. And we're just going to jump into it because I'm thinking this is going to be a good conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I hope so. (laughs) Yes. Well, let everybody know a little bit about your background. Sure. So I'm Jamaican by birth, hence the accent, yes. but I moved to the Cayman Islands almost 14 years ago. I can't even believe it's been that long. I came here to spend two years and I'm still here almost 14 years later. By professional background, I am a chartered accountant. That's what we call it in the Caribbean. But for those of you who are in the US or in Canada, it's the same thing as a CPA or a CA. So I have been doing that for over 20 years now. And even though I am an accountant by profession, sadly enough, I had my own struggles with money. I struggled with personal money management. I struggled with debt. I struggled with having a simple strategy for managing my money. And it led me to hitting rock bottom in 2010. And arising out of that rock bottom moment, I became, I'd say, an avid student of personal finance. I decided that I needed to educate myself in order to climb out of the situation that I had put myself in. And along the way, I started to study everything personal finance related. I would read all the books, listen to all the podcasts, watch all the YouTube videos. I essentially consumed everything personal finance related. It led me to being able to pay off all of my consumer debt, which at the time amounted to 22,000 US dollars. I pay that all off in under 15 months. And along the way, I discovered my purpose. I discovered the passion and the purpose of helping others who were struggling just as I did with their money. And it was not because they were indisciplined or they, you know, were just spendaholics. It was just that they did not know what to do. And I find that that is a prevalent situation around. So fast forward to 2020, you know, the pandemic, 
had all this time to sit and to think. And I decided to officially do something about this purpose to officially launch my business. And now I help female professionals and solopreneurs to one, build their confidence with money, two, develop excellent money habits, three, create their own simplified strategy that they can use to manage their finances. And ultimately, that should lead those persons into tapping into their own version of financial freedom. Yes. And one thing that immediately jumped out to me and this <laughs> something I tell everybody is that sometimes we are in a position where we know better, but that doesn't make us immune from kind of making some of those mistakes, some crazy mistakes. Like I'm public public health trained. I still mess up with health related stuff. I had to hire like a nutritionist. Um, this year to help me with some things. And I'm like, I worked in hospitals. I'm a public health scientist. And so it's so interesting to me that you were talking about how you hit rock bottom. You were in debt, but you have been what we would call a CPA for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. Yep. And so it is such a interesting thing about money in general and our mindset with money and how we all, no matter, you know, where we are in life, um, our jobs, our stations, whatever, we all are kind of subject to having these monetary issues. Uh, I love that you brought up the pandemic because, you know, we've been in the pandemic for like, it seems 5,000 years, like forever. <laughs> like, do we remember a non-pandemic time? <laughs> it's so hard, <laughs> so hard to, to remember that, but we are kind of coming off still, I believe, public health, still in the pandemic. Now we're dealing with inflation. There's been other health issues that have come up. And so it just seems like everything is getting more expensive. People's mental health, everything is kind of going crazy. One of the big things that happened with me during the pandemic is that I had to move mm -hmm. um, twice during the pandemic. And so that was me tapping into my savings a lot. My house flooded. The rental I was in flooded. So that was more money. And it was just one of those things where just like money, money, money just kept going out. And it just felt like I could not get away around it. Which brings me to my next question is, why do you think it's so important now to focus on your debts? Because debt was one of the key things that I was dealing with at the end of last year. Well, well you mentioned it earlier, you know, inflation. Mm -hmm. We all can see it, feel it. We are, we're we've been experiencing it from the back end of 2020 to, to now, where simply put, things are getting tighter. Mm -hmm. Food prices are going up, housing costs are going up. Even used car prices have skyrocketed. Shock of all yes. shock. So everywhere you look, you see that your money is not going as far as it used to go in the past. On top of that, we are hearing about talks of a looming recession, which if you think back to 2008 and even at the very onset of 2020, when companies did not know what to expect about the pandemic, a recession means cutbacks. It means layoffs. It means softening house prices. It means that you might go to work tomorrow and hear your boss say, listen, we either will have to reduce your hours, cut your position, or 
you will now have to be doing two person's jobs because we can't mm-hmm. afford to hire somebody else. So it is going to affect you. And it's not to scare you. It's just to help you to be prepared because it is possible to recession-proof your finances. So the looming recession, the rising prices, and then the government's responses all around, the central bank's responses all around in any major economy is to raise interest rates. Okay, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So what they, why they are raising interest rates is they are trying to force prices to go back down. They are making it more expensive for you to borrow money so that essentially the business places, the grocery stores, all the places where we buy goods and services from will be forced to bring prices down, which will hopefully reduce inflation and bring things back to where they were pre-inflationary times. So what that means, simply put for your pocket, is the cost of borrowing is going to go up. The interest that you're paying on your car note might go up. Your credit cards will go up. Your mortgages, it's going to go up if you did not lock in a fixed rate. So in order to get ahead of that, because they're going to continue rising for the foreseeable future until inflation starts going down. So to get ahead of that, now is the time to use any disposable income that you have to pay off those debt, to pay them down. Because if you don't, you are going to be locked into a situation come next year and possibly into 2024, where you are making these loan payments, yes, but most of the money will be going to paying the interest instead of reducing the principal. Simply put, you're going to be in debt for a much longer time than you initially expected. So Mm. now is the opportune time to start focusing on getting your money plan, your money strategy in place and paying down and hopefully paying off all of those consumer debts. <laughs> that was so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. Mine is blown. Head is up. I love how you broke down kind of um, what the raising the the interest rates mean, because I don't think that some of us have really kind of grasped it. We've gotten, you know, the news messages on our phone mm-hmm. about the Fed hiked it 0.8%, 05 They keep doing this or whatever. But it still does not seem like we're getting any relief. Like they're raising the rate and bacon is still $9.99. It's an example that I'm going to get. Like food and stuff is still so high. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, that again causes consumer debt to go up because people are looking at, well, now they have to charge the card to pay for basic necessities. Not realizing that by charging the card, you are essentially extending your debt journey because now you're going to be locked into an even higher interest rate um, than pre-inflationary times when the interest rates were lower. So it's a catch-22 cycle Mm -hmm. that you have to realize the severity of it and be determined to get out of it because if you don't, you're going to be just trapped in this, this cycle and this rat race where... You don't have enough money, so you borrow more money. And then, of course, by borrowing more money, your disposable income, meaning the money that you left over after paying your expenses, keeps shrinking because now yeah. more of your money will be used to pay debts. And you can just see how the cycle just continues and continues until you decide to to snap out of it. Yeah. 
And that's it. And that's where I ended at the end of last year, where like moving twice. The first time I moved was fine. The second time I had no choice. My landlord, the the housing market was hot. So she went to and she had a whole bunch of debt that I didn't know about. <laughs> and next thing you know, she was like, I'm sorry, but you have to go. And so then I had to move again. Things were astronomical to move the second time. So there was even more money taken from the savings. Then I get into the new place and then it floods and, you know, then everything is so high and it's just me, single mom here. And so next thing you know, you're robbing Peter to pay, to Paul. pay Paul and you get there like I was at the end of the year and I'm coming into January and I'm just like, something has to give. The electricity bill is so high. I have to replace stuff now, even though I had uh, renter's insurance. I'm thinking like, well, do I file a claim and then cause that payment to go up? Um, I can't keep charging everything to my credit card because now I'm noticing the credit card payments are getting more expensive, right? So um, what do you do in that situation? One, why is it so hard for us to stop spending? I think I've kind of said like now, one of the issues I know is we're kind of robbing Peter to pay Paul. But I want to hear your imp your uh, input on that. Why is it so hard for us to stop spending? And number two, how do we get out of some of this debt? How do we focus on this debt? So it's multifaceted. It's not just one clear-cut answer because everybody's story is different. For some, it's straight up indiscipline, right? Some just, they know they have the excess money. They know that they should spend it wisely. But, you know... The temptation is there to go shopping. Mm -hmm. Fine. So they fall prey to indiscipline. But that is not everybody's story. For some, it's simply that they have not taken the time to sit and examine their finances to see exactly how much money do I truly have? What are my true expenses? Mm -hmm. You see, if you don't know your numbers, then you're going to just continue as you have always been doing, using the card to bridge the gap between your income and your expenses. For the person who has no idea that their expenses or what they're spending is way more than their income, the card is, the, is a bridge. You know, money runs out, so I have credit, so I'm just going to use it until it maxes out. Then when I get paid, I put a little something on it to create more room and then just continue, mm -hmm. right? Day in, day out, month in, month out. So, Number two, I'd say the real reason why some of us can't stop spending is we have not taken the time to see exactly how much we are spending. The average person does not know how much they really spend on food, how much they spend on gas, how much their housing costs truly are, how much they spend at the mall, how much they spend at Amazon. In a given month, hardly anybody can tell me that. Usually mm -hmm. when I work with my clients, that's one of the first things I tell them and then they come back to me so mind blown they're like I did not realize I was spending so much money but the numbers don't lie the third reason I think that many of us can't stop spending and this is where the emotional piece comes into play is that it's not really a physical thing it's not really an indisciplined thing it's not logical it stems from something that probably happened in or past that we are playing out with how we spend money. I can give you several examples. Some of us, we observed our parents being 
tightwads or being extremely frugal mm-hmm. or not wanting to spend money. So we grew up as an adult and we just decide to go the total opposite direction. So we're like, if I have money, I'm going to spend it because YOLO. Where is that coming from? <laughs> um, the childhood. Some are have been victims of severe personal trauma. For some, it's divorce. For some, it's the death of a loved one. For some, it's a major illness. And that can translate in you deciding that, you know what? I am going to treat myself because I only live once and I deserve this. And I've been through some hard things. And this is Mm -hmm. how I am coping emotionally. So we spend. So it's varied. It might not be one or the other. It can be a mixture of all three. And I could go even deeper and further because personal finance is personal. And everybody has a money story. Everybody has a money mindset. Everybody has possibly a money issue. But we need to take the time right? Sit with it, analyze it, and not just fall victim to how we've always been doing things. That's one of the worst things we can do in any area of our lives. Just keep doing what we've always done. Because when you do that, you're always going to get what you've always been getting. Look, and that is it. And I love how you personal finance is personal. That's a breakaway right there. That's a, <laughs> Oprah said something. She was like, that's a tweet tweetable. That's what you <laughs> It puts personal finance is personal because I, I the older I get and the more I sit down with my money, I do recognize like triggers that that we may have. Um, yep. You know, some of us overcompensate compensate with our kids when we should tell them no, because we're like, well, I'm not here. I should go ahead and buy these $200 sneakers, even though it's going to, instead of buying them, I have to charge them on a car. And so that's a cycle, right? Or I had a bad day. I should treat myself. Yep. You know the rent is due, but now you're gonna rob from the rent money to go out for that temporary high Very of happiness. High. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of, of happiness or whatever with that. Or I'm trying to impress somebody. Spend. Or I've had I, I've worked in a hospital as a tech, and we did not get paid much. And I remember some of the people said, oh, well, I always, no matter if it calls me going into my rent or whatever, I'm always getting my nails done. I'm going to always get my brows and stuff done. So I don't really care. Somebody going to come up short because that's what I do for me because this this is how it is. We're going to always be this way. And so it's the mental thing. It's that mindset. It's that personal impact um, that you have. Right. And so I really do. Yeah, that is a connection. And it really does take you kind of sitting down and kind of looking at, like you said, knowing your numbers and figuring out the why. Why are you spending like this? Yep. And also, if you decide that you want to do better, then you have to know why do you want this change? Because if you don't figure that out either, chances are you're just going to fall back in the same old habits and routines. So you have to know. Why do I want this change? What what would debt freedom look like? What would debt freedom give me? Would it give me the ability to spend more time with my children? Would it give me the ability to scale back at work and work less hours? You have to know your why in order to go after any goal and to be consistent with it. Because motivation comes and goes, you know. It's it's mm-hmm. a commitment and a consistency and a discipline that we really need to tap into. So once we kind of know our numbers and we recognize our why and we figure out like, 
girl, I got to pay off this debt because I want to get a new car. I want to get a new house or I just want to be free of this debt. How do we save the money so that we can pay off the debt? Do you have any tips that you can offer on that? Sure. So one of the first things, as I mentioned before, is you have to know what your true spending numbers are. So before you do anything, I always suggest getting a little notebook. Mm -hmm. Just go to the pharmacy or the grocery store, buy a little $1 or $2 notebook, and just start writing down exactly where your money is going. Every time you mm -hmm. spend, every time you spend cash, every time you swipe, every time you log into your bank account and you see yet another charge, just write it down. Don't change, don't change anything. Just write it all down and the picture will start becoming clear as to where your money is going. Then you can take about 15 minutes because it really doesn't take long to add it up by categories. So how much did I spend on food? How much did I spend on takeout, whether Uber or, you know, Starbucks or wherever, mm -hmm. or to grab lunch when I'm at the office? Add it all up. How much did I spend at the mall? How much did I spend at Amazon? How much did I pay for bank fees? Those little things eat out your money and we don't realize. So once you do that, then now you have information that you can now use to decide what area am I going to cut down on? So if you happen to be one of those who you realize that most of your money or a big chunk of your money is going to take out, then that's an easy fix. Just reduce it. And I know I'm, it sounds very simplistic, Right. But that's all it really boils down to. What do you why are you spending so much on takeout? Then you re then you take a step back to say, what can I do to reduce this 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 expense? So it could mean meal prepping, mm -hmm. you know, taking an hour on a Sunday and prepping your meals for at least three days for the week so that you only need to take to buy takeout two days out of the weekday. Right. It could mean uh, finding a cheaper source, finding somewhere cheaper to get your takeout, you know, or instead of buying a salad every single day, perhaps you could just, you know, make the salad at home and then buy the topping if that if you really need to itch that takeout <laughs> fix. So. First, do the data tracking and then look at the major areas where your money is going and try to cut that down. So for a lot of us, our three major areas are food, transportation, and housing, I would say. Mm -hmm. So for food, if it's a grocery store that's a culprit, do a quick analysis of your, your bills and see if you can eliminate or reduce snacks where possible. You could also incorporate more meatless meals. So think beans and vegetables. You don't have to go hardcore vegetarian, but you could do it probably once or twice a week. Another area that I realize most of us overspend on without realizing it is we, yes, we buy at the grocery store mostly, but we are buying a lot of convenience items. So, you know, those pre-cut fruits, pre-cut <laughs> veggies, you know, ready to go meals, all of yeah. those things, those are convenience foods. So that might be an area that you could cut back on. For transportation, um, you could try to carpool with friends or family. You don't have to do it every day, but you could probably do it twice per week to cut back on fuel costs. Another big area that we don't realize where we could save money on is our insurance premiums. Mm -hmm. 
Mm. We could call our insurance company and see if they have any discounts that we could take advantage of. And that could help to reduce the premiums. And for housing, I would say if you're open to it, move to a cheaper apartment if possible, especially if you are fully remote. You know, you could move to a cheaper apartment to save on rental costs. And if that's not possible, how about getting a roommate to split costs with you? Because desperate times, they say, calls for desperate measures. So that might mean you inconveniencing yourself just for a little bit so that you could save up some money so that you can pay off your debt. Yes. All those tips. I <laughs> greatly agree with those things. Um what I did in the middle of, of all my my things when I moved, I did move to a cheaper town home from the one that I was in because I did see how my utilities were going up. The place I moved to, not as great as my old location, but it was $400 cheaper in rent. And then I think it was faded because what happened? Electricity prices went up. So then I was able to use that money to kind of help with the rising utilities. And so it was kind of like, this is a sacrifice for now as I get to where I need to be going financially. Um, I like that you said that for now, because yeah. many of us think that the sacrifices that we make will be forever. And it doesn't have to be. When I was in debt and I was on my debt-free journey, one of the things that I did too was to move apartments. And I did it for about 13 months. And I used all of that savings towards paying off my debt. And the probably within a month of paying off that debt, I moved back. <laughs> I moved back to my own apartment because I hated the one that I had moved to to save money. I hated it. But I knew that it was my ticket out of the situation that I was in. So it does not have to be a long-term sacrifice. It can just be for a few months, for 18 months, for two years. It's gonna, the time is going to pass anyway. Then once you have achieved your goal, then you can go back to building in whatever luxury or fluff you want in your life. Yes, I love it. And it, cause it's for now. And I think that is the thing. We want that instant gratification. We want that, that, mm, that feeling of like, I need luxury all the time. And, but sometimes we have to have that little sacrifice. You can still, have that sacrifice and treat yourself at little, little increments and things like that. Say that $400 from, from the, the cheaper rent and use that to take yourself out maybe once a month or something like that. Um, I also picked up a side job and mm. I have a whole nine to five and I am out here. You will see me um, starting in January of, of this year. I was out there delivering groceries to people. A lot of people discount the gig economy. That's what yeah. they call it. Not realizing that it's there for a reason and you can capitalize on it. Many persons look down on those things. And it's so unfortunate because gone are the days when you could rely on one stream of income. Mm -hmm. Those days are will never come around again. You have to find a way to have multiple streams of income in order to survive these turbulent times. That's it. That is it. Well, Charlene, you have been out here working for over 20 years in this industry. Um, and I also see you on social media because you're you're coaching as well. How do you take a break 
from work? And what advice can you offer listeners on taking a break from their jobs as well? So my happy place, I have two main happy places. <laughs> One is a gym. Okay. Uh, yeah. yeah. I've seen that. I've seen that on social You've media. You've seen those, right? Right. Uh, I love CrossFit. So for me, I have- Oh no, I have, not CrossFit. Oh my yes. goodness. My trainer loves CrossFit. She talks about it all the time. It is. The reason I love it is you never know what workout you're going to get. Mm-hmm. You go, right. So it's always a surprise. It's always challenging. And because it's challenging, it forces me to turn my mind off during that one hour and just focus on the workout. Like I can't think about work stress or family stress when I'm, you know, I like to call it huffing and puffing, you know, doing those burpees. (laughs) I have to just block everything else out and focus on the workout. So it it gives me such a high when I'm finished just to say, you know what, I did something good for my body Mm -hmm. today. So that's one main way that I take a break from work. And the second way is because I'm introverted. I love (laughs) to read and I love to read mystery and psychological thrillers. Okay. I don't know what that says about me, but (laughs) (laughs) some people might think it's dark, but I love to figure out things, you know, wonder what's coming next. Will they find a serial killer? (laughs) (laughs) so those are my two main ways that I take a break from work and they help because life is busy busy crazy like I have a nine to five plus coaching thing and I'm always on social media trying to engage with my community but doing those two things really help so for anyone who wants advice as to how to take a break from work figure out what you you love to do find something that you enjoy that you value that makes you happy and do it. So if it might just be a simple walk, you know, a half a half an hour walk per day. It might be picking up the phone and talking to your friend. It might mean going to the local library, whatever it is. Just find something that you enjoy and try to do it. Because as we know, when you don't take breaks, that results in stress. And then stress comes with a whole other mm-hmm. set of implications yes. that's both physical, mental, financial. So in order to avoid all of those dramas, just, just take the break. <laughs> yes. Take the break. I love it. Look, commercial, take the break. Just take the break. Um, So over here, um, I talk about intentions. I have an intention set in journal. My intention for this year is focus. And it has shown up in so many different ways um, these past 10 months. Do you have an intention intention for the year as well? Sure. So we are almost at the end of 2022, right? So my intentions were twofold this year. One was to become fully aligned in my purpose okay. and to walk in it. And the second was to become more visible in my business. And I dare say that has definitely happened by okay. virtue of me even being here. <laughs> yeah. Shows that it's happening. So those were my intentions and now I'm thinking what's next for 2023. We'll see if it will be the same or if it will be tweaked somewhat. Yes. Oh, I love that. And they all, they went together. I like that. They kind they of did. They fed off each other. Um, Charlene, before we go, where can our listeners find you on social media and other platforms? Because y'all, you need to follow her because she offers all of the tips. Sure. So I'm primarily active on Instagram and you can find me at Charlene Money Coach. 
You can also visit my website, www.charlenemoneycoach.com. And if you really want to connect with me on a deeper level, get on my email list to do so. Go to www.bit.ly slash moneyguide22. You will get a freebie, which pretty much guides you as to the key things you need to have in place before you really start digging deep into investing. And then you will be automatically added to my email list. And now I'm in my email inbox every single week. Okay. More than sometimes more than once per week, but definitely minimum once per week, you'll get an email from me. And my community members tend to love it. They're always writing <laughs> back to me. So that's the best way to connect with me. I love it. Charlene, thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule to connect with us and connect with the listeners. Um, everyone else, stick around. We're going to have the three breakaways. Thank you. And we are back with the three breakaways. I hope that you had your pencil and paper ready and got all of the information that Charlene was dropping. Man, it was so, so, so good. So good. <laughs> all right. Breakaway number one, y'all. You must be disciplined. You must be disciplined. Um, we talk about discipline a lot when we're talking about our health and our body, right? Because, you know, we all want to be physically pleasing to ourselves and to others. And I have learned this past year as I focus in on different things with myself, and one of them was my money, that the same type of discipline I get to like my health and my physical health um, endeavors is the same thing that I have to put into place with my money. Really, I need to put it in place with everything, right? Money, mental, physical, all of that. And you have to be disciplined. The same type of discipline you show anything else, you must show with your money. If you're saying that you're only going to spend X amount of dollars a week on this, you have to be disciplined of getting like to that number or close to that number, right? If you're saying that you're going to meal prep and do things like that, you have to institute some type of discipline. If you're saying that you're saving for a house or for some type of goal, you have to have some type of discipline. If not, you're just going to go into circles and you and you won't see any results. And in the end, I think we all want to take a break to see results. We want these things. And instead of us just going out here wishing and hoping, we have to take those steps. And the first one has to be being disciplined. Number two, know your numbers. Just like you have to know your numbers with your health, you need to know your numbers with your money. Charlene talked about the good old-fashioned pencil and paper way of writing stuff down. You know, what do you spend your money on each day? What do you, when you look back over your accounts, what are you spending your money on in a month? Um, for me, uh, to help myself with that, I have like a plan that I write out, also called a budget for like where my money is. And so I can kind of sit there and kind of look what the plan and the hope is. But I also have the Mint, M-I-N-T app that will put things out there for me and like gather all of my spending and be like, okay, we see that there's a trend of you're spending $600 on grocery or money. You're also spending $600 on eating out. And it kind of puts that money in your face so you can be like, okay, maybe I am doing a little bit too much with eating out because 
I think I saw a meme or something that says, I get my debit card and it's like, I don't have any filter. I'm rich. I'm king of the world. And next thing you know, you look up and you only have like a dollar in your account because we have this freedom over swiping now since we don't have cash. And so you kind of need to know your numbers just for that reason, because it is so easy to put stuff on auto pay to go to the store and just be swiping. And then you don't even know what's going on. So we have to be very aware. We have to know our numbers. Write that stuff down. Where is my money going? And then write down where you want that money to go. Know your numbers. What's the plan? And finally, number three, and I think this is the big one. Sometimes you need to sacrifice. Sometimes you need to sacrifice. We have made sacrifice such an ugly, bad word, right? Because you're like, if you're treating yourself, I'm treating myself. But sometimes if you are trying to get to a goal, there's going to be some sacrifice involved. The big thing to remember, though, when we sacrifice, and I think it softens the blow if we say to ourselves, this is just for now. This is not forever. And then we look at the bigger picture. I'm doing this for now. It's not forever because I want a house. I'm doing this for for now, but not forever because I want a new car. I'm doing this for now, but not forever because I want a new job. Um, it, you have to learn to say no to yourself and some things sometimes so that you can say yes to the bigger picture. All right, three breakaways. You must be disciplined, know your numbers, and number three, sometimes you need to sacrifice. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Look in the comments, the notes of the, the podcast episode to get all of Charlene's information on how to contact her, how to follow her on social media, because she is always sharing things. She also goes live a lot and shares a lot of different tips and tricks and tools for you. And I just don't want you to miss out because I know that I have looked at some of her stuff and taken that into my daily practices. Um, also, don't feel, feel free to reach out to me. Um, let me know your thoughts on this episode and other episodes. And of course, find a little time to take a break. Bye. Thanks for taking a break to listen to the episode. Connect with me at P.M. Kester. That's K-E-S-T-E-R on Instagram. Or email thekestergroup at gmail.com. As always, subscribe, rate, and review us on your platform of choice. Until next time, find a little time to take a break. Bye.